This is the Gambling Gauchos. Welcome to the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Rose, Kyle Jacobson, the maker of lists. Sitting here in the Cardinals Sports Center studio, mycardinalssports.com. You can gear up for the summer, gear up for the Matadors, gear up for whatever you're doing. And you can do it cheaply at the Cardinals Sports Center Summer Sidewalk Sale, July 7th through 10th. It's like Christmas in July, Kyle. I never miss it. Uh, one year, I thought it went, like if it was to the 17th, I thought it went to the 18th. And I showed up and the parking lot was empty and I was devastated. I will not do that again. I'm going to go get some uh, some shoes and I'm going to go on day one this year and try to get some hats. I always usually go toward the end. I'm going to go day one, brave the crowds. Can I go with you? Yeah, let's do it. You want a carpool? I I mean, sure. We well, have you, to meet somewhere. You kind of hesitated there. Well, yeah. If you want to, do you want me to pick you up? Well, Cardinals is in between our two dwellings. Right, I just so that wouldn't make sense. We could, yeah. But I figure we could meet there. <laughs> but it does make sense for us to carpool out to Olton for Rahino, which we're doing next weekend. Absolutely. And we invite all of Gaucho Nation if we want to make like a caravan out to Olton. Or even if that you're not coming, awesome. Even if you're not coming from Lubbock, just meet us there. We'll just say like noon at Rahino. Show up if you can. We will. Yeah, let's do that. Let's promote that leave, on social media. Do you want to leave from? I don't want to leave from one of our houses. I don't want Gaucho Nation to know where we live. Let's leave from the radio station. Nothing against the Gaucho Nation. We could all meet at the the radio station and uh, go out there. Let's meet at eleven, please. Or Cardinals. Or we can be at Cardinals at 11. Yeah, let's do that. Cardinals at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Saturday the 25th. Is that what it is? Yep. And we'll go out to Olton and enjoy top 50 barbecue in the state of Texas out at Rahino. Boom. Boom. Lock it in. Lock it in. Boom. And we just got two ad reads done before we even got into any content. So, Speaking of content, you have been hammering some lists. And I I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoyed. Do you want to go? You want to give some rationale for a couple of them, or yeah, do you want, let's, to, do you want to sneak peek the next one you're doing? Because I love it. I think I will. I've got to look. So I've been stockpiling these, so I have to kind of yeah. look on the fly here and see what's next. Um, so the list I did this week: best Big Twelve baseball stadiums. And then before- yeah, and I I thought the uh, just on uh, we don't have to talk about that one much. Well, we're about to talk about it more. Yeah, uh, I would have put Texas Tech like ahead of maybe like Oklahoma, but I understand why you had that one, how you had it, and and why the top two were the top two. So I, after considering some feedback, I think it's fair to say that four through seven on that list are pretty fluid. Yes, and so I, I probably undersold West Virginia, who I think I had six. They probably should have been fourth, um, but. Rob, as you know, from talking to our friend Big Game Boomer, there's a bit of an art and a science to this. And you have to have one or two that are at least a little bit out of place to spark a conversation. Like if I I ranked the top 10 best college football coaches right now and I put Nick Saban at number three, that's going to call – now it can't be so trollish that like nobody – Yeah, it's going to chat some high. Yeah. yeah. But you got to put like, you know, I don't know. You you have to – 
spark right. a little bit of controversy. And so like Lane Kiffin number one. Right. So I wanted to spark a bit of a conversation about some updates that are needed at Dan Law Field at Rip Griffin Park. And spark and you did. So I probably ranked them too low, but that was a little bit intense. The, the other thing is when I make these lists, Rob, I'm going to be accused of being a homer on some of this. Yes. And I'm Which not you doing were that. on the first one you put out. Well, hang on. Because I am trying to be objective. Because no, also I just these... that you were accused, not that you okay. were. Yeah. Because I do want to be objective because these lists aren't going to be entertaining if Texas Tech is number one all the time. Yeah. And so I undersold them on this list to make up for later when I have them a little higher than they should be to troll some people. Um, but yeah, so before that, before the Big 12 baseball stage, which we'll get into, I did the top 10 best rivalries in the Big 12. And yeah. honest to goodness, I was not trying to troll everybody into oblivion when I put Farmageddon number one. Like to me, that is number one in, in some ways. Is it the on most on social media for sure? Which that's where we are. It's is it the, the number one Twitter rivalry. Is it the most nationally prominent or well known? Is it the most important with the most on the line? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But those two schools have played each other for a long time. Um, I mean, I guess Kansas State's primary rival is Kansas, but they're so bad at football that's not an entertaining series, right? Right. And so, yeah, again, I was poking the bear a little bit by not putting the Red River shootout at number one. But the Farmageddon hate, I thought was a little bit, and it, it was funny to, I was actually laughing, you know, at my desk reading some of the responses. Um, the people well, that are so sure that I'm a, an idiot for putting Farmageddon number one, but they're not smart enough to realize that I was trolling a little bit there. Yeah. So anyway. I'm ready for the most sensitive Twitter fan bases to put OU number one because they are <laughs> soft. Yeah. My God, they are so soft. And I don't know if Sooners listen to this podcast, but good grief. And honestly, They're on friends. this list, at number seven, I had Kansas versus Texas. And then in the fine print, it says football only. Yeah. That was supposed to be the trolling piece on here that was supposed to get people to bite. And like a few people noticed that. But Nobody there was way more I. comments about the Red River shootout than there was the Kansas versus Texas being a football yeah. only rivalry. And I thought it was funny the amount of tech fans even that were like, no, man, you missed this one. It's the Red River rivalry. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and then one guy was like, it shuts down an entire city. <laughs> no, it doesn't, you moron. The state fair does. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, hard to God. hard to shut down a city it like that. It shuts down a whole city, man. No, it doesn't. They have the Olympics there, you nimrod. That was the other. So the, the Red thread, River shootout doesn't. Again, shut down the, a city. this is an art that we learned from Big Game Boomer. Is after you do the yeah. list, you make a thread sort of justifying your positions. Yes. And I knew this was going to get some people to bite, but I said they should play home and home instead of at the Cotton Bowl every year. Wonderful <laughs> I, job. I mean, hook, line, and sinker. They're like, you're an idiot. That's tradition. It's one of the best games ever. And I said, yeah. well. Why should OU and Texas get what should be their hardest game on the schedule at a neutral side every year when everybody else has to go to Norman? Everybody else has to go to Austin. And Tech and, fans always hated the AT&T Stadium game. Yeah, I, I think you should play conference Taylor. games home and home. And I get that it's tradition. Yes. My other favorite thing is people are like, have you ever been to that game? Yeah, twice. And I still think they should play home and home. So what now? Uh, were you wearing burn oil? Uh, it was. People, yes. people forget you grew up a Longhorn, man. <laughs> I was born and raised in the People's Republic of Austin. My best friend in kindergarten, uh, his yeah. mom was like a lifelong season ticket holder. 
And so they started inviting me to games and I went and, uh, yeah, it's part of my past. I can't, can't hide got from out, my past. Got out of stats you could, man. That's all right. It's been a long time though. So I liked the rivalries one. I liked the baseball stadium one. If going off the baseball stadium one. Well, hang on. I have a quick okay. follow up right. on the rivalries. Okay. So Tech made the list four times. Yeah, which, people were upset about that. That was a bit excessive, but most of our followers are Tech fans, so you want to give them right. some appeal. Yeah. So in the order of the four that I listed, it's Texas and then Oklahoma State, then Baylor, then TCU. Of those four in-conference rivalries right now, how would you stack those up? Or do you think I have it right? Say yours again. Texas, Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU. Yes, because of because of football and every other sport. Because I think baseball, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people love to hate Baylor, but I just am kind of indifferent on them. Um, I'm much more in tune with the TCU rivalry. Okay. And I think that, especially with Sonny Dykes there now, it's like there's some – potential at TCU to really yeah. kick off football as well. And that's um, another thing is the rivalries change over time and go by sport. Right. Like, like for a while. Well, and I think in, in, in all three sports, Texas is really important. So yeah. I would put Texas number one. But like especially a rivalry. the basketball rivalry over the last year oh, has kind yeah. of like kicked that up another notch or two. Well, so well in the I, last five years. Because even when Beard was here, it was... Yeah, the Shaka had were, some good teams. And, yeah, and you were killing them. So I put Baylor just slightly above TCU only because you've played them more throughout your history. You yeah. played them more than any opponent, and you, you didn't lose them when the Southwest Conference broke up. Like, you didn't play TCU every year for a while. And so it, I think those two are really close, probably interchangeable based on, like, maybe which fan base you grew up disliking more or something. Certainly. But, and I guess in my prime Texas Tech fandom years, like my my formative ones, Baylor just sucks so bad. Right. Yeah. Same <laughs> here. Football, and they didn't matter. Like they yeah. just did not matter. And they've been better than Texas Tech in the last decade. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like you've never been good at the same time as Baylor. Yeah. So and I was looking at the all time. You've series. never really had an important series with them. Yeah, I was looking at that on the all time series, like when. Tech was pretty good under Dykes and Leach for 20 years. Baylor was horrible. Right. And then Tech enters its worst decade in program history as soon as Baylor takes off under Bryles, Rule, Aranda. And even going back, like in the 70s, it was real lopsided. Right. Um, Tech sucked in the 80s under Jerry Moore, so it was lopsided. So, like, yeah, it's never been – I feel like one has been good, one has been bad for the entire series for the most yeah. part. So, anyway – not to say there hasn't been good games, but sure, yeah, it's just. I mean, really, in the last three or four years, you've had the best games in a long time with Baylor and Texas Tech. Yeah, and there were some funny replies to that thread about like the biggest rivalry in the Big Twelve is Texas versus being back, or Texas yeah. versus living up to preseason expectations. And yeah, so those are funny. Um. Okay, you want to go to Big Twelve baseball stadiums? Well. Uh, yeah, do you just want to go straight to the damn off hill? Sure. Because I, I think, don't know that I want to. I mean, O'Bray is the, the the gold standard right now. Yeah, yeah, you can't argue that one. Yeah. And then Dish Falk, 
they've just been so good so long at Dish Falk, and it holds like the most. Yeah. <laughs> so it's big and it has the records and. And I, I kind of. I haven't been to all of these stadiums. Yeah, that's another thing. I'm kind of going off what I see on TV, and sometimes that can be a little bit deceptive. Um, but yeah, I, I think tech fans have agreed for many years now that as good as that program has performed, that they need facilities on par with the Jones and the indoor practice facility for football, the Womble and the USA for basketball, the new indoor track that the track and field program got. And it's behind and look, hey, it's not my check to write. And so I can sit here and say we should, but it, I get that, that you know, I can't really write a check for other people. Right. But I think everybody in the fan base and probably the administration recognizes that that's a need. And obviously they're pouring $12 million into a clubhouse. Mm-hmm. That honestly, how they're building it wouldn't need to be messed with if they tore Dan Law down and rebuilt across the street. If yeah, you just and I stay think there across the street. That's the other. They're landlocked right now by some roads. So you can either move the roads and renovate or just move the stadium. And think people want it to stay on campus. So you don't have a ton of options there. But yeah, you have that huge green space now where the Coliseum was. And I thought that they were going to turn that into like an Olympic village, you know, athlete dorms. But right. maybe that's on pause. And why couldn't you just do that where Dan Law is? You know, just flip those two or something. Right. I don't know. Yeah, that never materialized. Right. If so, you could do three things to improve Dan Law where it is, what would you do? Did I lose you? No, I'm here. Okay. Sorry, my computer's glitched. Yeah. Can you hear me? I said, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Did you hear my question? Yeah, so you asked this. You did the pulse of the people on Twitter. Yeah, and, and I re- I responded with more shade because as often as yes. you've been playing in June and even in May at the end of the regular season, yep. it's it's brutal if you're not in that section right behind home plate. And yeah, just finish the awnings. Yeah, I mean that's step one. I think so. Um, I would say replace some of those metal bleachers with more seat backs because again, you've got kind of like the few, the proud in the middle there that have comfy seats and everybody else is right grinding it out on the bleachers. So that would be a nice facelift. You don't have to do the whole thing seat backs, but just, you know, start working your way down the, like toward the foul poles with more seat backs if that's in the budget. And then this is the big one. Where's the student section right now at Dan Law Field? I guess down third baseline. Yeah, Maybe. Like, that's where the yeah. saddle tramps are, but the students, they just go to general there's admission. Not, yeah, there's not really a student section. Student section should be on a berm in the left field outfield, uh, right by the opposing bullpen. And they should have food trucks, a beer garden. You in just left build, field. Yeah. You just build a mound out there and make room for 500 people to stand up out there, and, and that's the student section. See, if I was going to do a student section, I would put bleachers. Instead of a berm. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I don't know. You I think the berm rowdy. is fun, though. It certainly is, but I don't know that. I mean, that seems like you're asking for trouble. <laughs> a little bit. I'm not asking for too much trouble. Yeah, well, I just, 
certainly, uh, certainly bleachers would, would maybe at I mean, least keep them in one spot. Think about what has contributed to our basketball home court advantage being so great. You have the Raider riot oh, yeah. r- right behind the uh, opponent's bench and backboard. Let's do it in baseball. Oh, for sure. And I think you can and, do that with bleachers and not uh, a berm. And that increases the seating either way, whether bleachers or berm, increases the seating behind home plate because you just moved 500 students from over there to the outfield. Yes. So instead of needing to build more in the main concourse, you just move some folks to the outfield and if do you it that com- way. If, if you completed the bleachers all the way down right field in that dead space and then put the awning all the way down, a Dan Law field would be immediately improved. Yeah. And you probably had a thousand seats. I saw one of your takes was make the infield grass and dirt. Yes. And then turf in the outfield. Explain that. Uh, well, Omaha's dirt, right? Mm-hmm. And you have trouble at TCU. You've got, you've had trouble, uh, you had trouble in Grand Canyon this year playing on grass. If it's too expensive to keep grass alive in Lubbock, Texas, which I guess is why they do all turf, I I guess. Yeah. Um, It certainly eliminates the need to water the dirt because you do have to water dirt in uh, baseball. But yeah, I mean, hire grounds crew and keep the dirt. And play on grass and dirt in the infield all year so you're not confused when you get to Omaha. I mean, can we not maintain an 800-square-foot patch I, of grass? I believe I believe in the, the few of the proud that would have to do that in Lone, Texas, yes. Yeah. Well, like, and I get what they're saying. It's not going to look good in February, but you know, there's large grass areas at Urbanovsky, at Memorial Circle, on campus that look good other than the dead of winter when it just it turns yellow, but I'm kind of with you on that. I think that's a good idea because I don't really care turf versus grass aesthetically. I'm with you that it will help you play on those grass and dirt infields in the postseason. So I'd be for that. It sounded like others just wanted the turf for the uh, the maintenance aspect, but I'd be, I'd I'd be cool guess, with the grass infield. But I, I guess the reason they do it all turf is because you wear different cleats. Turf versus dirt versus grass. Yeah. Um, you probably tear up the turf in your metal spikes, which you have to wear on the dirt. Uh, but fine, do it all grass and dirt. Like, it can be done. Yeah. At and least, was- at the very least, dirt on the infield. Yeah. Like, if you're going to turf the whole thing, dirt on the infield. Turf and dirt. Dirt mound. Well, and how are you going to throw dirt at the opposing cheerleaders if it's all if artificial you don't have turf? It. So exactly. And of course yeah. that's a tradition at Texas tech. Right. Um, so if there is a berm in the outfield for the student section, yeah, I want it to be rowdy. If it gets a little too rowdy, we know who the students can call our friends over at Barnett, Howard and Williams, a law firm started by three Texas tech grads. They're based in Fort worth, but they handle cases all across Texas. So I guess also if students were road Raiders and went to TCU and threw dirt at the cheerleaders, Barnett, Howard, and Williams could handle that one as well. They're one of the only law firms in Texas that is certified for Title IX student representation. They've defended students, including scholarship athletes, in Title IX litigation at all of the major universities in Texas. They also handle catastrophic injury cases across the state. And for listeners in DFW, they handle criminal defense and family law matters. 
They hope you never need them because that means that you're allegedly maybe in a bit of trouble. But they are here for you if you do. You can find out more about Barnett, Howard, and Williams at bhwlawfirm.com. Dot com. Maybe they can sponsor the student section berm out there. That would be fun. It's like one of those things, you know, when they when they give you the wristband at the bar and it's got mm-hmm. the bail bond number on there, they scan your student ID and say something goes down on the berm, you call Barnett, Howard, and Williams. When we have uh, tailgates in the future, we need to do that. Yeah. Here's who to call. We're <laughs> not we liable. Ra- when we throw our ragers. Yeah. Good deal. Um, switching gears a little bit. Yeah. Our beloved switching gears. Beloved Lubbock Matadors. Yeah, five zero against that stinking greasy Austin team. Cinco Acero yeah. and a hat trick. Pablo. I um, we we tried to line up a, a player interview last week, and since they were playing on Thursday instead of Saturday, it didn't quite work out, but. Maybe Pablo is available post-hat trick if he doesn't have too many other media inquiries. Maybe he can join us on the Gambling Gauchos. And, um, saw a cool yeah, moment. Apparently, his family was here all the way from Spain. to Flew in from Spain, yeah. Watch that game. So, um, Looks like Matadors are like middle of the table right now in the Lone Star Conference. Yes, but uh, I think they play three different teams across five games to finish the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe all three of them are ahead of them on the standings. So we got an so opportunity. Plenty, ahead of, of, plenty of room. Uh, you play Denton twice. You play three home games, I think, to finish the season two this week. So Thursday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Yeah, the 22nd and the 25th, if you're listening to this this week. Yeah. And, and I've, got, uh, I've got some tickets if you want to DM us. Yeah. We do a little ticket giveaway. Just DM us with how many you want if you're in Lubbock. We'll figure out a way to get it to you. Yeah. Um, what else were we going to talk about? Dan Lawfield. Oh, so this was another uh, kind of a list. Um, Dave Campbell's Texas football started kind of a series of tweets on, like, these are the three teams that X team should play every year. Yes. And so I made and this a, is a high school list that they were doing, or they were doing a college list. Yeah, no, I saw one for for tech from them. Gotcha. And theirs for tech was Texas, Oklahoma State, and TCU, I believe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I made my own version and said that you know, assuming that through some format of divisions, pods, or protected rivalries, that you would play Oklahoma State, Baylor, and TCU every year. My next three games that I would like to see Tech play every year are Texas out of conference, BYU as sort of like a protected in-conference opponent now that they're joining the Big 12. And third one is Arizona because you played them, I think, 20, 21 times, 23 times in the border conference era. And yes, as far as Power 5 schools near you that aren't in the state of Texas – they're one of your actual closer um, regional opponents. And so I would like to see a bit of a border conference revivalry for fans of tech that live in New Mexico, Arizona, something like that. I think there would be some appeal there. 
I got some pushback on like, oh, you're trying to kill our strength of schedule. Like, okay, well, I guess I should have answered Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson every year, but I was trying to keep it like somewhat realistic. In yeah. fact, very realistic, I thought my list was. If yeah, if I could choose any three teams, give me like UCLA, Notre Dame, and you know, who's whatever. your third team? Arizona, BYU, and Texas. BYU. See, yeah. and I know you love BYU. I know you do. Uh, the eyeballs, the national intrigue. Um, I just don't care to do that as much as you do. I would much rather play Arkansas for you. And is this just football? I think so, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, Arkansas would be on my three. I like your Arizona idea. If it was Arizona or Arizona State every year, and you got to work both of them in, yeah, I would be even more down. So if it was like Arizona, Arizona State, Arizona, Arizona State, home and away, I would be so down. So I would be cool with that as well. And in fact, I want Arizona and Arizona State to just join the Big 12. Yes, I've wanted that for a while. But the reason I didn't list Arizona State is even though you're in the same conference with them for 30 years, you did not play them. And I don't know why. I asked Don Williams. He's the only guy I can think of who would know the answer to that question. And he didn't know either. So in Arkansas, to your point, a lot of folks who went to Tech in the 80s, 90s, or I guess mostly the 80s because they left in 91, but they remember playing Arkansas every year and they had a good program. You know, they were kind of right up there with like A&M. Um, so I get it. And what I'm going for with the Arizona response is the same thing as what you're going for with the Arkansas response, just from an earlier right. era, which yeah. I get it. Fewer people remember, fewer people were around for uh, Arkansas is a rung or two above Arizona right now for sure. Yeah. So I'd be cool with Arkansas. I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. And, and am I am I wrong to want just a five year break from Texas? <laughs> I just want I just want a little break. Like I would be down to play them in Arlington at the SEC Big Twelve Challenge or whatever. I would be so down to continue that in basketball, but I just want a little break in football. I do. I can sympathize with that, and and similar to how you would want to play Arizona Arizona State, I'd be fine if you rotated A and M and UT. Like on a two-year basis. Oh, that'd be awesome! Like you go home, home and home, home with UT, and then home and home with A and M. I'd be totally cool with that. Um, instead of doing just one of those two schools, um, it'd probably be hard for you to play both of them every year. You know, in a in a format that, that we think is going to exist in the near future. Yeah, but especially when you, if you're going to keep uh, nine conference games. Yeah. And only three non-con. Right. Now, if you were both at eight conference games in the new SEC and in the new Big 12, and if the TV partners really wanted to see that, then, yeah, then maybe that makes more sense. But certainly, um, I'd be and, cool with the rotation. Certainly, uh, Texas or Arkansas or A&M instead of Murray State yeah. uh, would certainly garner you more money. And, yeah, to that point, give me literally any Power 5 opponent in the country over an FCS. Like, Give me literally any other college in Texas. Yeah. Like, give oh, me yeah. SFA. Give me Texas State. Give me UTEP. Uh, UTEP. Give me UTSA instead of Murray State and Montana yeah. State and uh, like, Florida International. There's no rivalry with North no. Carolina State. Like, that's a completely random school. But that's one of the yes. biggest non conference games we've played in a long, long time. You know? Well, and um, uh, Oregon's on the schedule. Yeah. 
uh, you caught Arizona at a bad time, but they beat you. Uh, those both those Arizona State games were great. Yeah, and and nationally recognized. So I give yeah, me I like any of that. Those games, Oregon's coming. Yeah, uh, you have a Mississippi State in eight more years. Are they twenty nine and thirty? <laughs> maybe. Yeah. It's so any game in that vein, like even if it's not a rivalry, yes. give me Nebraska, give me Michigan State. Like I mean, the most random school you can think of. I, you know, let, let's play some Power Five opponents in the non-con. Especially now Absolutely. that the, the new Big 12 is going to be even kind of more Texas-centric, yeah. I think, with Houston being added. I guess they're kind of just replacing Texas. But, like, I want us to branch out to, like, a broader region a little bit. So, Do, do you know what I wish they would do? What's that? And this would be difficult. Just nuke all scheduled games post-25. Just say all of those games are not scheduled anymore. Mm-hmm. Across the entire NCAA, just say those are dead. You cannot schedule outside of three years in football because it is ridiculous to have a 10 year window in college football. They schedule college basketball games six months out. Well, and they call the- they college baseball, they schedule them six months out. Why do we need 10 years to figure out a football schedule? You don't, and for the longest time, they just straight up lied to us. And you're like, hey, can we play A&M in 2027? Oh, well, these things take a lot of time to sort out. You can't just no. add somebody to the 2027 schedule. We and saw it during COVID. COVID. the lie, yep. Yeah, they called you up on Sunday and said, you want to play in six days? Yeah, sure. So don't give me that. Yeah. I do not. They make it act like it's as hard as landing on the moon or something to schedule a non-conference game. Well, it, they actually schedule games, so. I mean, it's. I think it's ridiculous. I think that was exposed during COVID, and now we're right back to like, oh, well, yes. it's you already so, booked it's for 2034. Stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. It, you should be able to schedule two years out, get a home-and-home. Home. Uh, if you need to have a gap year because you have some stuff scheduled, then fine. Schedule a home-gap home or home-gap away. Yeah. Or if you need to do a home-home away, if it's a smaller program. Right, uh, like well, I know some schools do. Then go three years out, but there is no reason why Mississippi State should be looming. That game was scheduled three years ago, and it's not for another eight years. It's well, the, ridiculous. The problem is these schools, when they make these agreements, sign a contract, and so there'd be a payout or a buyout involved. And I guess well, but when if there's... it was, if you're just splitting with the NCAA, which we think is going to happen, yeah, then it just all dies. Like. Like uh, the seventh year of uh, uh, of uh, what is it Jerusalem, the the jubilee. Mm, okay. When all when all uh, debts were forgiven every seven years. Okay. Was that the jubilee? I don't know. Some Bible nerd can correct me. But if one of these programs was trying to cancel one of these games and they needed some money that they didn't have already, they could call our friends over at Diversified Lenders, diversifiedlenders.com. I don't exactly know if that's the kind of thing that diversified lenders would uh, give some cash out for, but they will help you get the business or help your business get the cash it needs to operate. They offer a variety of factoring, invoice purchasing, equipment finance and leasing, asset-based lending, government finance and leasing, diversifiedlenders.com if you need to cancel a non-conference game in 2027. Yeah, according to the book of Leviticus, Hebrew slaves and prisoners would be free, debts would be forgiven, and the mercies of God would be particularly manifest 
Um, the Jubilee, or Chilvul in Yiddish, is the year at the end of seven cycles of Shmita. And according to biblical regulations, it had an impact uh, on the land of Israel. Okay. Maybe that's what we need is a college football Jubilee. Jubilee, yeah. Is that so? Seven years would that be like? We probably just missed it in twenty one, so we got to wait till twenty eight now for the year of jubilee. That might time up okay though, because it'll be like twenty four, twenty five when all the alignment stuff shakes out. Yeah, or if you start in year zero, would that would that make six the seventh year? I don't know, Ross. <laughs> I thought you were the numbers guy. No, I'm the fat guy. You're the nerd. Ah. So I was asking you. Hey, Rob, as you know, we launched a Patreon. We did. And I think we have a couple irons in the fire as far as upcoming interviews. Yeah, if a certain uh, swag, swagged out basketball player, would uh, get back to us on his DMs. I think we also have a Dallas Cowboys kicker on the line. But he's he's busy making the team. They've got camp. Right. Which we understand. We understand. But um, we do have interviews up with Fardaz Amak, the incoming big man who is, I think, going to be preseason all all world and hopefully set the world on fire while he's here. Thought it was interesting to hear his perspective on the transfer portal. Talks really highly of Mark Adams. We interviewed former letterman Will Culpepper. Uh, he's kind of working to get other lettermen connected with the Matador Club. And then we talked to Cody Campbell, who... I don't know if you saw today, Rob, just raised $1.7 billion, I believe, for a new venture. So he and John Sellers, both Red Raiders, uh, doing a fantastic job in the business world. And uh, we got to catch up with him about his donation for Cody Campbell Field and the South End Zone and uh, his ideas for the Matador Club moving forward. It's a pretty interesting interview. Yeah, he's a busy dude. He is. And he took, uh, what, 30 minutes out for us? So that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the Patreon interviews are ad-free. They're a little quicker than when you and I just start talking about musicals and westerns for an hour and 45 minutes. But uh, here's a clip from our interview with Cody Campbell. You can subscribe on Patreon, $5 a month, patreon.com slash gamblinggauchos. Give this a listen and then consider subscribing. You know, we've been working really hard at it. Um, NIL is something that... Um, you know, has become increasingly important um, in the college athletic space, as you guys know. Um, you know, some schools are doing it really well and some schools are not really doing it at all. So there's a pretty broad spectrum. We're all hearing a lot about the ones that are that are allegedly doing the big stuff. Um, you know, a, a couple of things I think it's important for people to understand is that all of this came about, the NIL thing came about because of, um, some court decisions that occurred and then some specific law changes. So um, California was the first state to legalize players being able to be paid for their name, image, and likeness. And then other states followed suit, including Texas. And so last July, the state of Texas passed a law that, you know, players could, could, you know, enter into these private contracts and there were requirements with them. Um, The first requirement was that the school can't be involved with it at all. The universities cannot be involved. They have to be, you know, deals directly with independent entities, independent entities of the school. Um, NIL cannot be used to induce recruits. It cannot be used in recruiting. Now, we all know 
that rule has been, you know, pressed pretty hard by some places. Um, and then the third thing is that there has to be an exchange of value. So the player can't just get paid for doing nothing. He has to actually go out and do some kind of work um, in exchange for the value that he's receiving. And so um, John and I sort of were talking a lot about this and, you know, there was some discussion about some collectives. And so, um, you know, a couple of schools were talking about them. And what we thought we could do is that we could put something together that is professionally run, that is run like a business. And we want it to be sustainable for the long term. Um, but as much as anything, we want to make sure that we're following the rules. Um, so, you know, making it sustainable for the long term to me means that if you're paying these guys, uh, like individual recruits or whatever, new guys on campus that have never played it down and you're giving them big deals, that's not great for your team. You know, um, what do you pay the guy that's been there for four years working his tail off who, you know, is a better player now than the guy that's just walking in there? Um, you know, and then also, you know, we, we need it to be from a sustainability standpoint, we need to broaden the base of donors. We, it doesn't need to just be John and me or it doesn't need to be just me, John and me and three or four of the people. The strength that Texas Tech has is that we have this massive, passionate alumni base. There's 300,000 of us. And if we can get everybody to do what they can, whether it's, you know, $100 or 100000 we can be really powerful in this space. And so um, that's what we decided to do. So we set it up like a business. We formed a, a Texas nonprofit corporation. We filed for all the tax exemption status with the IRS. We did everything like we would do, you know, if we were setting up a business for our own, you know, commercial purposes. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we have the back office set up right way. We hired a marketing firm, um, to help us with website and social media and all that kinds of thing. And, and, um, you know, started raising money. And so, um, you know, it's gone extremely well, I would say from a fundraising standpoint, uh, in that, you know, we've had some, um, we've had some great big donors step up and, um, make some big contributions where we still have to get going is in the smaller dollar donations, the recurring deal where people give us, you know, whatever they can give per month, 10 bucks, hundred bucks, whatever it is a month. If we can really get that going again, that, that produces the sustainability. What I'm hoping is that'll come more as people seem like, see, it's actually, we're going to have a contract with every single men's basketball player, men's football and uh, baseball. All of them are going to have contracts. People are going to see that happening. They're going to see the guys getting money. Um, and so they're going to see the impact that it has, how it helps our as to retain players on our roster, keeps guys happy. And honestly, recruits are going to hear about what we're doing, that every guy on the team is getting a nice check every month. And um, that's going to really help. Um, that's going to really help with recruiting. So I'm excited about it. I think it's a really good, solid, long-term strategy that we have. And again, it's being professionally run. Um, we just got our tax exempt status approved by the IRS. So all the contributions you make to the Matador Club are tax deductible. Um, anyway, I'm extremely happy and excited about it. I think we're going to start signing the contracts um, probably late July before the guys leave to a little break before camp. And then, um, you know, we'll just kind of go from there. That was Cody Campbell on the Patreon. Let's go to patreon.com slash gamelagachos. It's also pinned, I believe, on our Twitter profile. Oh, um, and if you've seen a few profile pictures on Texas Tech Twitter that say, I support the Matador Club. Those are our Patreon subscribers because a portion of all proceeds that we raise through the Patreon channel, we give back to the Matador Club. So that goes directly to Texas Tech student-athletes. So your $5 a month portion of that will always go right back to Texas Tech Athletics. 
in the form of the Matador Club and the NIL stuff that they're working on. And we'd be happy to give you that same uh, profile picture badge for Twitter, Facebook, wherever you want to use that. But you must be a subscriber to the Patreon. Micah Dallas. Shoving. Shoving against the Longhorns. Uh, it's about time you pitched well in Omaha, by the way. Rob. <laughs> I uh, So I think we briefly talked about Micah Dallas, especially yeah. during like the Kevin McCullough stuff, and it was like, do you root for these guys? Do you root for them at certain schools, but not in conference? And I like Mike Dallas. I liked him while he was here. He's one of my favorite pitchers. I liked how he, I liked how he carried himself. I liked his attitude, and I always liked his stuff. Right on the mound. Um, did I enjoy that he went to the Aggies? No, no, I didn't. Yeah, but. Uh, you like you like seeing him make Texas go two and Q. Yeah, I um, I was pretty indifferent toward Mike Dallas going to A and M again. Like probably one of the last schools I would want him to wind up at. Right. I wasn't rooting for him there per se because I don't root for no. really anybody at that university. No. But like you said, if there was one purpose for him to fulfill at A and M, right. It was sending Texas home winless in Omaha. Look, if you go to Omaha, that's a great season. You hang a banner for that. Texas had a bit of a joke of a path to get there. I know they went to uh, Greenville for the Super or Greensboro. Greenville or Greensboro? Greenville. Greenville. Um, Greenville. 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 Yeah. But – they uh they finished the postseason regional super regional Omaha with zero wins against the Power Five. Like congrats on winning your regional against Air Force and Law Tech, and then you got an American Athletic Conference opponent in the super in their house, which again not easy to do. Probably shouldn't have won that super, and then they go to Omaha, play two real teams, and uh, get dusted. So get dusted. Hate to see does that. Does it? Does it? Um what's the right word qualify that's not the right word validate does it validate texas Tech season a little bit that the two teams are playing right now that knocked texas tech out like they were just better than you oklahoma at the end of the year just better than texas tech notre dame just better than texas tech it's not that you failed right you just ran into two better teams yeah I think so to an extent. I mean, um, Notre Dame was beatable, right? You lost to them by one run both times. Right. So, which is even more frustrating, I think. But yeah. So the that fact part, that they went and, and beat Texas, I think, doesn't help. Yeah. And I wouldn't that, even really say it. I don't even think validates the word I'm looking for, but that, that part doesn't go away similar. that you lost by one run both times. Right. But I think it's easy to just give all the attention to Stanford, Oregon State, Tennessee at the very top and think like, oh, everybody else below that is beatable. And and Notre Dame was beatable. And maybe you beat them and then you go to the Super and Tennessee just kills you. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you also, like we said this, we were, we're not afraid of anybody. We respect everybody, but line up and let's play. And if you beat us, we'll tip our cap and move on. And that's that's what OU did to you. 
they're the better team, and Notre Dame is probably the better team. They were a beatable team, but they beat you twice on a neutral site, and then they beat Tennessee and Knoxville. So I think, yeah, you just say, like, like to me, it stings more that year that we lost two in a row to Sam Houston and didn't get out of the regional Yes, versus a year like this. Or like in Omaha, when you go one and two or two and two, and you say, hey, we got all the way here. We're playing the very elite teams in the country, and sometimes you lose two games before you can win yeah. three or four. It happens. Yeah, and sometimes you get there and Michigan hammers the Micah Dallas. Yeah, because I think we, at the end of the regular season, we were all like Oklahoma State is the best team in the Big 12. And you go yeah. to Stillwater and sweep them and you're on cloud nine, and we're still thinking of OU as like the fourth best team in the conference. Right. But zooming out, you look at what OU did at the end of the year, and then we didn't know this at the time, but then what they did in the Big 12 tournament, what they did in the regional, the super regional, and you go, okay, like, it's not outlandish that they beat you two out of three in Lubbock. Like you wish you had won one more of those because you'd have a shared Big Twelve title. But yeah, there's also, heading there's also into no the, shame in losing that series. No, heading into the Big Twelve tournament, I power ranked the Big Twelve as Texas, Oklahoma State, um, TCU, and then I put Oklahoma and Texas Tech right there together. Uh, obviously, I would even put TCU further down now, um, and really, it would be Oklahoma at the top. Texas, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, TCU. I think that's how the, the Big 12 really shook out this year. I, I th- I'm not saying that TCU is frauds. I think they earned their Big 12 title, but... Frog frauds? Yeah. We got some heat on uh, the Red Raider sports message board. You and I? We, yeah. Um, unfairly, I thought. So, you'll, remem- you'll remember before the regional, I cited a pitching statistics or analytics metric called digs which was defense independent something game score right mm-hmm. and it was supposed to control for how good the defense is behind a pitcher and just grade the pitcher alone because sometimes runs given up can be misleading and so i broke it down on here i said according to digs notre dame's pitchers are ranked here nationally texas techs are here nationally and uh somebody on red raider sports said hey the gambling gauchos were talking about how the pitching is you know, pretty comparable when you look at it. And this guy responded, he was like, this was after the games were over. He was like, well, I don't care what the gambling gauchos say. Notre Dame's pitching looked pretty damn good to me. I was like, okay, this wasn't the gauchos saying that Notre Dame's pitching sucked. We're saying that per this one analytics model that is way smarter than you or I or this person typing this, that like here's where Notre Dame's pitchers stand up. Here's where Texas Tech Texas Tech's pitchers stand up. The game the games were three to two and two to one. The pitching was comparable. Well, we didn't say that Notre Dame's pitching was bad. Like this guy just wanted to be mad on the internet and you know has an anonymous username, all that, and like misunderstands that when a podcast host relays information from an analytics source, that it's not the podcast host proclaiming something like. We didn't get on here and say, Notre Dame's pitching is overrated. We're going to torch them. We said, hey, their ace is like the seventh best pitcher in the country. Their yeah. second guy is the 33rd best pitcher in the country. Right. Your one and two are right below those, respectively. And then yeah. three through five was pretty comparable. Right, which is how it played out. Yeah. Except like, they got to pitch their ace twice against you. Yeah. So anyway, I, I read yeah. that. And I was like, okay, like you don't really understand much. Did you that, that's okay. see generally when people comment, uh, stuff like that on my personal stuff like if I write an article and put it on Facebook um, I just usually say thanks for reading <laughs> yeah 
but you can get on there and say thanks for listening. Or are you uh, are you anonymous on uh, Red Raider Sports, or do you have a yes and no? I've been a, doxed a on there. Oh. So, so some people know who I am. I, I don't try to hide who, who I am, but who doxed you? Uh, tech hoops guy. <laughs> like accidentally. No, actually. So I like wrote He's something like, on. I wrote something like, on staking the planes. Good thought, Kyle. No, I, I wrote something on staking the planes, and he was like, as and my username wrote on staking the planes and like links to it. And then he messages me like three days later on Twitter. He goes, Oh, shoot, I didn't realize that you were still anonymous on there. I was like, It's fine. I don't really, I don't really post that much. And when I do, it's like nothing controversial. Yeah. Or, um, That's funny. I was, was never a, a message board guy. I never got into it. There was a thread on. I do so love when, our Discord there. When Big Game Boomer, uh, Named us the best Texas Tech podcast. Yeah. Somebody sh- shared that tweet in a thread and said, "Who has the best Texas Tech podcast?" And um, there was kind of a mixed amount of love for. Uh, so Red Raider Sports has two podcasts: Tortillas and Takes, and From Here It's Potable. Both which, good podcasts. Like the running joke on From Here It's Potable is they record like once every two months. Yeah, and they're and the thirty so, seventh best Texas Tech yeah, podcast. Yeah, so yeah. like people are you know bringing all that up and then. Uh, maybe toe in the corporate line is like oh, tortillas and takes is the best. Like, well, of course the staff here is going to say that, but anyway, right. I'm not saying they're not a good podcast, but it's like, right. If you ask my wife who the best Texas tech podcast was, she'd be like, Oh, the gambling gauchos. Um, we got some love locked on Texas tech. Got some love. They're good. Uh, Dinger Derby, 23 personnel. They said that those two were like really good for tech baseball specifically, obviously red Raider dugout. Um, so anyway, which what I liked about that thread is there was no like mudslinging. There was no like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes people can get like territorial about that. Yeah. They're like, my podcast, the one that I listen to is awesome and all the other ones suck. And this one was like, <laughs> hey, no, there's like four or five good podcasts out there. Yeah. There are a ton of Texas Tech podcasts. So I was just glad that like people know who we are and that nobody was like, what the hell is a gambling gaucho? It's like, you know, some of them are going to like us, some of us are going to hate us. And, you know, that is what it is. But yeah, anyway. as, Rick, as Rick Flair says, some people like me, more of you don't. I don't care. <laughs> um, I made another list on Twitter. Yeah, using, you did. Using my graphic design skills. Very, you, you know, you're getting better. You're getting better. I, I thank you. And every day, you know, I would be better already at stuff like that had I been able to go to a Code Ninjas summer camp uh, when I was a little bit younger. Yeah, I didn't have that opportunity, but the sons and daughters of our listeners certainly do. As you know, Rob, Code Ninjas teaches kids ages 5 to 14 how to level up their coding, STEM, and engineering skills in a fun, hands-on environment. So they've got year-round programs right now. They're promoting these summer camps. The kids are out of school. They need to stay busy, keep them learning, uh, You know, have them engage in something that will be useful when they go back to school or get their first job in a few years, something like that. These camps use technology that your kids already love, like Legos, Minecraft, and Roblox, to expand their skills, creativity, and confidence. Our listeners can use the promo code GAUCHOS, and they'll get $10 off any of the summer camps going on at the Code Ninjas Lubbock location. You can call them at 806-370-0022, or check out all of their great programs at CodeNinjas.com. Promo code GAUCHOS, $10 off. Speaking of Spencer from the 23 Personnel Podcast, I think he signed up one of his youngins for Code Ninjas. So it spreads. And uh, seriously, I mean, I know summer camps, um, 
like I used to do a bunch of sports camps, YMCA, stuff like that. But, you know, to keep the mind active, especially, I think things like this are so cool. So if the Gauchita was five, I would sign her up. She's not quite there yet. Not quite. Soon, though. Someday. Someday she'll be a code ninja. It'll be happening fast, man. Okay, so. Trace Atkins songs. Yeah. You're going to move. Trace Atkins, yeah. Also, you're going to want this back. Yeah. There's also Tracy Lawrence time. You're going to wish on. this time. Hadn't gone by so fast. Keep going. No, no, that's it. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I've seen these tweets going around and I think they're, I think the premise is kind of crap. I think people just make up. It's a list of like 25 places in the U.S. and somebody like, Studies show that the average American has only been to seven of these 25 places. And I don't think, I think that number is just completely made up. So what did I do? I Yeah, because if you've been to New York once, you've been to seven of the places on those lists. <laughs> yeah. So if you've been to New York, you're more, you're better than an average American. You're saying you're better like than how me? How many people have been to New York? Yeah. I mean, you've been to New York. I've not been to New York. Oh, me neither. I, I figure you for a been to New York kind of guy. I'm I'm not a been to New York kind of guy. You been to DC? Yeah. Okay. For work. Yeah, because you know I what I do. You're for like in high school. You were yeah. You're the vice president of uh, city uh, talking to other people. City <laughs> talking to other people. <laughs> Relations. Okay. Kind of close. Not not quite, but. Um. Anyway, you and I put our. Do you know what I do for a living. Yeah, <laughs> you're a big J journo. Yeah, no. You and I put our um big beautiful brains together, and yeah. came up with 15 things that a Red Raider should do across West Texas. Most of these are in Lubbock. I'll just rattle them off real quick, but they're all over West Texas. Yeah. Uh, saw the rodeo at the old ABC Coliseum. Been to Joyland, drank at Chilton, hiked in Paladero Canyon, went to Fourth on Broadway, stayed at Chimmy's till midnight, ate Spanky's fried cheese, rushed the field at the Jones, painted at Cadillac Ranch, been to a concert at the USA, had a schooner at Caprock, sang at the Carol of Lights, seen the schooner. Marfa Lights, schooner, been to Buddy Holly's grave, and ate an all subs burrito. I completely. Mm-hmm. Pulled this out of thin air and said that the average Red Raider has only done seven of these 15. Right. And I think I was not far off because a lot of people have said been in that like seven to nine range. Yeah. And I tweeted that I'm at 11 or 12, depending on your interpretation of been to Joyland. So you've never been to Joyland for fun. Is that what you're saying? I've been there. Not while it was open and like the gates were open to the public. I've just like been in like the parking lot at Joyland. Like for, I, like I ran a five k or a ten k, and like Joyland was oh, on the I ground. Gotcha. Like I've been there, but I haven't like. I, gotcha. I didn't ride the rides. You need to. Well, I don't know that you need to ride the rides, but you need to go to Joyland and take it in. Okay. How many did, did you, you go to rodeo? Yeah, let's go through. Did you go to a rodeo and call soon? Yes. Me too. I've also been to monster truck shows and uh, other events there at the Coliseum. Yeah. Uh, Joyland check. Chilton check. Yes. 
Paladura, love it. You yep. been to Paladura? Yes, sir. Camp, camped or just hiked through? You ever spent uh, the night? Just hiked through. Yeah. Both fun. Uh, fourth on Broadway? Yes. I've never done that. Not a parade guy. So I've only, I've only been once, and it wasn't actually yeah. for the parade segment. It was for the concert. And uh, it I was. I might go this year. I had to lose very own Josh Abbott back in 2015, oh, I think. Uh, Chimmy's till midnight. Yep. No, I've never done that. Been to other places till midnight, but uh, oh. fried cheese, yes, of course. Yep. Yep. Uh, rush the field. Yep. Never rush the field. I've been at a bunch of wins, but uh, never rush the field. Hmm. I'm more of a hey, let's stay up here in section 108 and look down and see all the funs. Yeah. Uh, painted a Cadillac garage yet? Yes, of course. Uh, it feels like you've done all of these. I've been to a concert at the USA. Yep. What'd you go to? Uh, Garth Brooks, most recently. Nice. And then, I don't know if this counts. Uh, in college, George Strait was playing, and I was working the concession stand. Counts. So I heard the entire concert. I didn't see any of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Creed, 2000. Are you serious? Like first, yes. <laughs> One of the first concerts. That's in great. The history of the USA Creed. I would have loved yeah, to have been awesome. there. Uh, Scott Stapp ripped his pants on stage. Scott Steer up. With all what Had a schooner at Capron. Yes. Of course. Carol of the Lights. Yep. I don't know that I've sung, but I've, I went to several of those when I was uh, younger. Uh, the Mar- Have you seen the Marfa Lights? I haven't been to Marfa. I've not been to Marfa. Now, there's another go-see-the-lights place that I've done that's not the Marfa Lights. You go turn your headlights on, and then it's supposed to... Terlingua? Um, no, it's near Stanford. Mm. Like in the Aspermont region. Yeah. I don't know. But I don't remember where it is. I'll have to ask my friend that's from Astronaut. Uh Buddy Holly's Grave, yes. Do you know the first time I went to Buddy Holly's Grave? I lived in Lubbock all my life. Driver's Ed. Really? We drove we drove the car through the cemetery. Why? I guess. I don't know. He was bored, I guess. And our our um driver's ed instructor just like was like the dad joke guy. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll always remember the joke he told us at the cemetery. He's like, "Hey, you know why there's uh, fences at the Lubbock Cemetery? Because people are dying to get in. People are dying to get in. Classic. And then obviously all subs burrito. That's a that's a lock. I have not eaten an all subs burrito. What? <laughs> I'm not a big burrito guy. Period. <laughs> that was like the easiest one on the list. I just had assumed. You've never eaten the, the fried burrito from... Correct. But you're not a burrito guy, period? Not really. Like, uh, like, like just burrito, like not fried chimichanga. Yeah, so I'm not a big beans guy. Okay. No, I can do it. Like, I, I like uh, beans with barbecue a little better. But if I'm at a Mexican joint, I, I don't order the burrito. I get the enchiladas, something like that, tacos... I wouldn't really opt for the burrito, but I understand that it's a, it's an experience and I need to do it someday. 
so yeah, the, the two or three that I haven't done is all subs burrito, Marfa lights, and then Joyland, depending on how we're scoring that. So 12 or 13 for me. I have, uh, yeah, that's about what I am. Rush the field. Um, Marfa? Marfa and the Chimneys one. Yeah. All right. We're da- we're dangerously close to six thousand nine hundred and sixty-nine followers on Twitter. What are you gonna do for that? Are we really gonna put up some some graphic? I mean I could do one, but are we really gonna do that? <laughs> are we twelve years old? Yes. Uh, maybe we just tweet nice on the day it happens and let people figure it out. Let's see like well, the problem is, well, good problem to have. We get, you know, several followers every day. So, like, the tweet's right. going to be outdated yeah, just, within an hour. And it would just be within, you know, just you and I can just kind of have a laugh. Well, okay. And the people that listen to this podcast. We'll screenshot and say, like, we have a nice number of followers. Or yeah. There you go. All of our followers. It's a nice number of followers. Yeah. Okay. All Very right, nice. We'll, we'll do something like that. Very nice. Here's a, here's a nice tweet to our followers. Yeah. All right. Um, do we have anything else to cover? Did you want a preview on countdown to kickoff or future lists? Anything like that? Um, do you want to go over your future list? There's one that you have cooking that I quite enjoy the home court advantage. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, oh, is we'll that coming out? Is that coming out this week? Yeah, let's throw it up on Monday. Okay. Um, today, Sunday is 76 days till kickoff, kind of a loaded countdown. You know, on some of these, it's a stretch to get one number that works. Shout out to Ricky Gann on others though. Like I've got three lined up for 76. One of them is a Southwest conference champion team and two of them are all Americans. So it's hard to pick just one. Right. Um, So We've already tweeted Brandon Carter and the 1976 Southwest Conference champion team. And then the third one is it'll go live tonight. Oh, I'll, I'll go ahead and send it right now, actually, Rob. Live on the episode. This Today is the first day that somebody sent in a request on the day of the 76. Yeah. And I can we do four? Is that overkill? I don't know. I think other I think I I want to say another person has done the person he wanted. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. I got you loud and clear. Um, we can uh, retweet somebody else's. Do you know our boy, Gerald Price? Gerald Price. Gerald. J-E-R-R-E-L-L. Does he have a brother named Daryl? I don't know. Is Daryl from Actually, Brownfield? No, Um, Gerald Price is from Brownfield. Yeah, I think I do know him, like on a personal level. Oh no! When, when was he around? Early. He was a he was an All American in like the fifties, I think. Oh, he wasn't like back to Brownfield. No, he used to yeah. own the fifty well, yard line. Gerald Price. Dale Price. Dale, okay, maybe that's what I remember the name from. Who's Daryl Price? He didn't like go back okay. to Brownfield. Daryl Price taught at the LCU. 
But there's okay. two different Daryl prices. There's <laughs> there's two different Daryl prices. This and then horrible. there's a Gerald price. But <laughs> this is the worst segment in our podcast uh, history. He, was he did he go back to Brownfield? Gerald pricing sounds familiar. Like because I grew up in Brownfield. Okay, Gerald Price is a did Brownfield, Texas church? native. There's oh, so the, he probably lived there in like the forties though. There's some dispute though. His obituary says he was the first All American in Texas Tech history. And he was an All American. But Herschel uh, is it Ramsey or Ramey from the 30s? I've seen him listed as an All American, which would have preceded Gerald Price. He's in the Texas Tech Hall of Honor, uh, used to own the 50 yard line steakhouse a long time ago. That's all I know about Gerald Price. I don't know if he moved back to Brownfield. I don't know who Daryl Price is. I don't know why we've Darryl committed Price. the whole segment on the podcast to Daryl Price. You asked who Daryl Price was. I was ready to give it up. Because you brought his name up like 20 times. There's two Daryl Prices. One is the father-in-law of uh, one of my good friends. Is your friend like a grandson or granddaughter of Gerald Price of Brownfield, no, Texas? I don't, I don't believe so. He was a member of the Lubbock Chamber of Commerce and Lubbock Restaurant Association. She might be a great niece. Does she look like this guy? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's them. No, no she doesn't. She anyway, doesn't. 76 days till kickoff was loaded. So we just yes. three three tweets. Um, let me look at the list here to maybe give folks a sneak peek. Are we worried about plagiarism here or? No, you did get accused of plagiarism today though. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's stupid. I did. I didn't create the meme, but I also wasn't trying to take credit for the meme. It was a, it was that picture of Mark Adams holding the baby from back during the season. Yeah. And what I, the mistake I made was I failed to check every single Texas tech account to see if somebody had made the same joke with the meme that wasn't created by either one of us. Yeah. And apparently, well, I don't know. I didn't get to check the timestamps because the other person deleted theirs. His was earlier. Okay. So we tweeted the same joke. But I'll, uh, we'll DM him and be like, hey, man, no hard feelings. My bad. I just, okay. I've got documented proof of like accidentally. We did not need to respond. We did not need to respond to that on, to that guy. Yeah. Uh, that blamed you. Yeah. And it like, was a, a very obvious joke that you made. Uh, look, which here's is hilarious. The, here's the thing if you're going to do, basic copy pasta on Twitter, people are going to see that every day. Yeah. If you're putting memes out that say Austin Becker's can't be choosers with laser eyes, you're obviously not going for some kind of like massive peel. Yeah. You know. So anyway, stealing memes is lame. We've never intentionally done that. Coincidentally, people make the same jokes like when Chris Rock got slapped at the Oscars. We made the same joke as our friend Doe goes in and I was like, shoot. I wasn't trying to steal your meme. I deleted ours. And that's the end of it. So yeah. stealing memes is lame. We don't do it. Getting accused of it is also lame. Especially if somebody like doesn't know us, doesn't follow us. It's like, dude, follow right. us on Twitter and see how many times you think we're stealing somebody's. Because there are yeah. people out there that are notorious for that. And yes. we have never been accused of that before because we don't yeah. do that. Breaking! Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is that too much? No, you're good. The uh, 
the nineties on the countdown to kickoff, uh, a lot of love uh-huh. for the defensive linemen and seventies, yes. a lot of love for the offensive linemen. Yep. I think the sixties and fifties will to be too. Of, I'm trying to think of some seventies coming up. Um, I want to say uh, Louis Hernandez. Louis Hernandez. That's not his name. Nope. That's not his name. Try again. That's not his name. <laughs> uh, Is he related to Daryl Price? Shoot. No. What's that guy's name? Played for the Broncos. Guard. Lou. There's Manuel Ramirez. And then there's Manny Louis. Ramirez. And then there's Louis. Louis, Louis Vasquez. Vasquez. Yeah. Yes. What did you say? Louis Ramirez? Hernandez. Louis Hernandez. Yeah, okay. You didn't even get the Vasquez. 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 That's what I meant. Yeah. So There's the- a, a photo in the Super Bowl where he is um, at the goal line pushing somebody in or something, and he's got his guns up. Oh, that's cool. I don't think that's a picture. I want to oh, see yeah, if cause... I can find that photo. What's a Broncos photo? Yeah, I was going to say I've got a picture of him at Tech. Yeah, what was he at Tech? 70-something? Um. Let's see. 60. He might have been 67 uh, for the Broncos. Trying to pull up my list here. Yeah, we don't need to. I don't know why we're doing this right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, p- people see it when we do it. So, um, so v- Vasquez was 65. Ramirez was 63. 65, that's right. If other, so we got a while. If other podcasts or accounts tweet those out, just our listeners know that we had it first. Yeah, but don't tell them they're stealing. It's fine. <laughs> I, we yeah. don't we don't need to start beef with anyone. Also, another random reply, not from one of our followers, and this is what chaps my heart. It's like if you know us yeah. and you are familiar with this Twitter account, then like by all means give us some feedback. But like right. So I tweeted that 77 days to kick off NCAA record 77 punts versus centenary. And he was like, right. he goes, not something to be proud of. And I was like, what do you mean by that? Because if you know the history of that game, you know that they were punting on first down just so that they right. didn't fumble on offense because it was the middle of a tsunami. Right. And, and then he it was, was like, like two feet of water on the field. Yeah. He's like, well, that means you couldn't move the ball on offense. And I was like, okay, here's the Wikipedia link where you can educate yourself. Nobody was trying to move the ball because it was impossible. So they just punted so that the other team would muff the punt, which actually kind of worked. And it's just a historical tidbit. I'm not like pounding my chest. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. We're number one in punts. It's just like a unique right. game in Texas tech history, but. Anyway, people yeah. just want to get mad online, dude. Oh, the Gauchos think Notre Dame can't pitch. Not something to be proud of that you punted 77 times. Way yeah. to steal that so, meme. Hey, like, God, cool it. Jeez. Uh, also, anyway, when anyway. you tweet a thousand times a month, <laughs> people are going to be mad at stuff. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's yeah. a volume game. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there, there's some stuff coming up in the 70s. But bring it on. We like the, we like the responses. Bring it up. One that I'm curious to see how it goes over when I tweet it out is 72. So keep yeah. an eye out for that one. Is that, it's, uh, it's unique. It's not Jared a player. Caster? No, it's not a player. It's a historical tidbit. And 72? I, I'm not sure if people are going to be proud of it or ashamed of it, but something to just keep your eyes, keep your antenna up for 72. 72. 72 people, 72 what? Well, you know, we'll see. Okay. So today was 76. I'll tell you offline. Yeah, today was 76. 
Um, yeah, then we'll have some lists, some some Big Twelve rankings and things like that. So, yeah, the home court of anyone it is going to be big. You'll get some uh, feedback on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm. I didn't plan this, but timing that the day after UT season ended in Omaha is great because they can't even like, oh, you guys are tweeting lists. We're playing in Omaha. They can't even play that card now. They're stuck with these lists yeah. until yeah, uh, until they're ready to underwhelm in football season. So anyway, looking forward to that because they would actually have a good argument. If they were like, hey, we're about to play for a national championship in baseball and all you guys are – y'all are still talking about basketball. We're making lists, like, okay, yeah. That's fair. But now they don't have anything in baseball either, just like us. So yeah. In T-Ways, that's all I got, man. That's all I got, man. Sorry, uh, sorry, you have so much editing to do on this one. It's all right. You got a western you want to put in? Oh, no, but I, I totally blanked on this when we were talking about Matt Damon and the True Grit remake. I forgot he was in that movie. Yeah, like I'm sure you were. Yeah, Labeef. And I was like thinking back, I was like, wow, that movie was so good despite Matt Damon being in it that I like completely. You can't leave until it's Matt Damon the whole time. Yeah. Anyway. He's so different than generally what he is. I'm gonna watch another Western this week though, so I can give a, a promo. You, you want one? You yep. want one? Mm-hmm. Shanghai Noon. Shanghai Noon. Jackie Chan, Owen Wilson, Walter Goggins. Okay. Can I say another thing just completely unrelated to anything we've talked about to this point? Uh, we usually do. <laughs> you and I, my friend, in our all red and yeah. our Cardinals caps looking uh-huh. pretty sharp didn't plan yep. that but i like the the all red look here it's the mahomes jersey yeah mahomes right now and zach thomas locked in a battle for greatest red raider of all time so check that out and vote if you haven't already and remember its entire career but it's a recency bias that's uh <laughs> not just like tombstone pop little, figures is that a little gaucho up there it's like uh doc holiday okay Tombstone. And Razor Red Ramon. All right. Yeah, I, I love that. Oh, he's even got like the pink around the eyes. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, detailed. It, <laughs> it really is. All right. Uh, see you in the middle of the week. See you, man. All right. Boom. Love y'all. Subscribe on Patreon. Ah, Look. Scooped you. <laughs> love y'all. I already said it. I already said it. <laughs>